Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. So you want to live the spiritual life. You want to live a life of usefulness to God, a life under the calling and mandate of God, a life that is visible, a life that bears the Lord's testimony, a life that is full of the good fruit of God. You want to live a life of speaking for God and building up the church of God. And you want to live a life that that influences people and bring about the kingdom of God and bring about the gospel and bring about the goodness of God and bring about the healing of God. Well, way to go. I want such a life too. In fact, I'm asking the Lord daily, Father, to strengthen me to live such a life that really outlives myself and a life that speaks of the reality of God. But here is my question today. For that outward influence that you seek, for that testimony of God, and for the power of God to come upon you and through you, and and to live out the calling of God, are you aware of the fact that it can only be in proportion to that hidden and secret life that you also cultivate with God. In other words, your public testimony in God is very much dependent upon your private devotion, your secret rhythm with God. That that rhythm, in, in a way that is akin to a husband and a wife, where there's a secret love language and there's a secret understanding and and, and there's a secret exchange of heart that perhaps nobody else is privy to. But it's from that secretive life, from that hidden life, from that, that private love affair where the strength comes to live out in public. We see in marriages that when that secret life breaks down, So goes the confidence in the public life. So goes the influence in the public life. And we see that if a husband and a wife's private life breaks down, that both, in a way, cast off all restraint in the public life. That is, they end up in ditches. Why is it that perhaps so many backslide in the Lord's life? It's because perhaps something is wrong in our private life. And that rhythm between me and the Holy Spirit, that private prayer, that private worship and devotion, even that private stillness, even that private language where God and I communicate a certain way, even that private teaching, we don't post it on the internet. It's, it's not for the world. It's for me. It's the voice of God for me. I've also seen in my own ministry that if I lose strength in my public ministry, uh, 
it's probably because I am devaluing my secret life with God. Now, you can call it what you will. Some people in our modern culture call it a quiet time with God or a devotional time, whatever we call it. I I just want to lay emphasis that in God, the man and the woman of God that really seeks to live a public life cannot escape an ongoing rhythm within the solitary confines of the spiritual life. Jesus speaks towards this end in Matthew 6. In a way, the Lord is exposing the people of the kingdom versus the people of, let's just say, religion. Particularly here, he is referencing the Pharisees and the scribes and the religionists of his day. But in a way, he is contrasting the kingdom people from just the outward, showy religionists of the time. And I want to pick up here in Matthew 6 and uh, highlight a few things for you before we get into our message today. Matthew 6, verse 1, But take care not to do your righteousness before men in order to be gazed at by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father, who is in the heavens. There it is, Matthew 6, verse 1. Um, God is in the heavens, invisible. And if you want a reward with God, you, you cannot live just this external, religionized life of, of show and, 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 and pretension. There has to be a secret aspect to your spiritual life. The Lord goes on in verse 2. He's talking here in context about giving. He says, When you give, do not sound a trumpet. Don't make an announcement. Don't let the whole world know. Don't put a plaque on the wall. Do not be like the hypocrites as they do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be glorified by men. Truly, the Lord said, they will have their reward in full. If if you want to be seen by people, then surely that's what you're going to get. But he's contrasting here the kingdom people. And he says, when you give your alms and your benevolences, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Before God, there should be the secret life. He says, so that your giving would be in secret. And your father who sees in secret, he will repay you openly and publicly. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, because they they love to stand uh, in the synagogues and on the street corners when they pray, so that they may be seen. In other words, their religion is one of pretentious showmanship. The Lord says, if if you want people to see you, then that will be your reward. Is is this what spirituality is all about, is to, to get a pat on the back and a thumbs up? and a checklist marked off, and the praise and applause of men? Is this what spiritual people are really like? The Lord says no. The kingdom people, when they pray, they enter into their private room, and they shut the door, and they pray to their Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you openly and publicly. 
What I want to extrapolate from this text is the kingdom people, the man and the woman of God, the real man and the real woman of God are those who have both a private life and a public life. But they put less effort into the public life to be seen. There's not a lot of tweeting and a lot of posting and, and a lot of blowing the trumpet. And, and please look at me. I just spend time with God. Please look at me. I just fasted. Uh, please, please somebody acknowledge that, that I just read a Bible verse today. The real spiritual man is somebody whose emphasis is a lot more on the secret rhythms with God. I'm not saying we cannot post. I'm not saying we cannot be public about it. But my emphasis today is where is your attention? Is your attention on how many people see you and like you? Or is your attention on a secret and private devotional, worshipful life with your Lord? In a nutshell, if you want to be used of God publicly, if you really want to have fruit born by the Spirit of God, then you have to begin to pay attention and cultivate that secret rhythm with your Lord. Because if you cannot draw from a secret life with God, then surely you will live a make-pretend life in public. And in time, you and I will be caught out. In time, we will be exposed. And the Lord might even say to us, you are nothing but a sounding gong. You are a hypocrite because there's no substance to your being. Beloved, in the secret place, love is cultivated. Language is cultivated. Heart is cultivated. Sanctification is cultivated. In the secret place, a renewed mind is cultivated. As you are in secret, you will be living in public. What is your secret life with God like? I want to tell you a little bit of a principle in the Bible, and then we'll pick up just a few verses and encourage you with that. First of all, I have noticed in the Bible, there's many times a secret thing, then it becomes a public thing. It's a principle that I've noticed. Secret, hidden, obscure, Public, visible, tangible. Give you a few examples, just as a principle. We see in Genesis 1, verse 1, God made the heavens and the earth. It's just a statement. But we don't know really when it happened, how it happened. We know the book of Hebrews says God spoke it into existence and framed the worlds by the word of his power. Amen. But then we see a little bit later in Genesis, God then brings forth light and he recovers what he created and it makes it now visible. The dry land appears and 
plants and animals. So we have almost a little bit of an obscure secret creation. Then we know Genesis 1 verse 2, something catastrophic happens. We looked into that. And then there's the recovery of it. And it becomes visible and it's manifested. Are you with me? All right. A few more examples. There's Moses. Moses has his beginning in a little basket. Yeah, basket case. Very obscure, very hidden. He has this secret life. And then in due time, he has this public, manifested, powerful life. Are you with me? He leads millions of people out of slavery. Basket, hidden, obscure, (laughs) in the Nile, mystery, secret, public, open, Moses. Uh, The same with Joseph, uh, comes actually before Moses. Um, Joseph, teenager, gets sold into slavery, prison, hidden, secret, and then all of a sudden, prince, ruler, manifested authority. Yeah? The same with the Lord Jesus. Born of the Holy Spirit. Mary gets pregnant by the Spirit. Secret. Personal. Obscure. Jesus born of the Spirit. Then at age 30 or so, goes down to the Jordan. And the Spirit comes upon him. Very public, very open, very visible. For 30-some years, he lives in obscurity, secret, hidden. And then there's a transition, like Joseph, all of a sudden now, public, visible. Are you with me? The Lord's ascension. We talked about this the other day. On the day of His resurrection, He had a secret ascension into the heavens. Then He comes back on that same day, interacts with the disciples. For the next 40 days, He is with them. And then He has this public ascension where everybody sees Him goes up. Remember we talked about that? Secret ascension, then the second public ascension. We also have a hint in the Bible that the Lord's coming will be that way also. He's going to come in a cloud, very secret, hidden, and then He's going to come upon a cloud, very open, very revealed. He's going to come secretly like a thief in the night. And then He's coming openly like lightning from the east to the west. Lightning is very visible all over the sky. Are you with me? So just hear my heart for a second. Can you you use many examples of this hidden aspect and then this manifested aspect? The secret, the public 
And I want to relate this to you now. And also see if we can come into the experience. Not just the subject. But it appears like the Holy Spirit does a work inside of us according to this pattern also. A secret work and a public ministry work. John chapter 20, and we'll start again at verse 19. When therefore it was evening on that day, the day of the Lord's resurrection, it being the first day of the week, and while the doors were shut, notice that, hiding, secrecy, obscurity, the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and He stood in the midst and He said to them, Peace be to you. This is the Lord's Word after He finished presenting His life's work in the heavenlies before the Father. We looked at this again the other day, but we know that the Lord took His blood into the heavenly tabernacle to the mercy seat to go and present His entire life's work and ministry to the Father. We know, we get a hint there from uh, the book of Hebrews, and we we see it in Revelation 4 and 5, what happened in that ascension. We get an idea that the Father accepted that work. The Father accepted that sacrifice for all men. The Father accepted that man, Jesus. And the Father then enthroned Him, glorified Him, seated Him. So with God on the throne is a Lamb. That Lamb is the redemptive work of Jesus of Nazareth. It's forever been raised to the throne of God. Hallelujah. The Father accepted that work. And when Jesus comes back into this obscure, hidden, secret room, His first word from the Father is peace. Everything's okay. God's not mad. It worked. Peace. And that's what the gospel is all about. Amen. It's to be at peace with God. So how peaceful are you in the Lord nowadays? Well, it depends on how much the Spirit is realizing the blood of Jesus Christ into your reality now. We need to walk in the Spirit to experience this peace. I find it so beautiful. Instead of coming down after He presented His work to the Father and saying, the Lord still has an issue with some of you. He came and He said, Shalom. Everything's okay. And when he had said this, he shows shows them his hands and his side. Based upon what can he say peace to you? Based upon his work, his hands and his side. Do you see that? How do you and God experience peace with one another? Through the work of Jesus. 
That should be quite plain and obvious to you from your Bible there. Here's my hands. Here's my side. And his disciples, therefore, rejoiced seeing the Lord. Saints, what's your experience when the blood applies to the doorposts of your life? What's your experience because of the cross of Jesus? Here it is. There's a clue. It should be rejoicing. Because when you and God are a-okay with one another, He's not mad, and you're forgiven, and that forgiveness is realized into my being, rejoicing. Praise the Lord. So why do some of us have a hard time just saying, Lord, I love you. I praise you. Yay, God! Lord Jesus! Why do we struggle? Maybe, maybe you're not as able to rejoice and enter into it because you've not realized how big your sin were, nor the horrible price that was paid for it. And now the fact that you're really at peace with God, rejoicing is a little tough. So rejoicing is not a discipline. Rejoicing is a response. When the Spirit realizes the work of the cross into you, and the peace of God the Father into you, rejoicing is natural. You'll want to jump. You'll want to dance. And even Shandai. Okay. Verse 21. Then Jesus again said to them, Shalom, peace be to you. Now notice, as the Father has sent me, I now send you. In other words, there's a mission for you. There's a mandate in front of you. I want you to go. I want you to work. I need you to partner with me. But now notice, saints, everybody look at me. There is a mission on your life. There is a destiny on your life. There's a partnership God wants from man. Just as you are. But something secret has to happen to me. Before I walk out that mission. So what happens to so many of us? Now listen. We are all, according to Ecclesiastes 3.11, there's a little bit of eternity in all of us. All of us know there's a bigger picture to all of this. All of us have an ache, yearning, something in you that is magnetized by eternity. Every single person. That's why we worship stars and make idols. Because the ache for eternity has been put within us. So most of us do it ignorantly. But we know there's a little something in here that matches another realm. It's marvelous. And all of us know there's a destiny, there's a purpose, there's a mission, there's a mandate, there's potential. I'm a winner. So we go to school. We go educate ourselves for this destiny. Here, Jesus is going to breathe something secretly into them first. And upon that secret interaction, they will have a visible mission. They will have the strength from a secret supply. They'll be able to walk out the sending 
So they don't use the elements of this world to equip them for the sending. Something comes into them as a reality for the sending. So does God want you to be on mission? Yes. Does God want you to go and partner and work and serve? Amen. My question, have you had the secret infilling that will be the power of the mission? So here the Lord says very clearly, my father sent me and I'm going to send you. Everybody's sending everybody. Verse 22. So notice we're still in the upper room. We've not gone yet. We've not left yet. And when he had said this, he breathed into them. Notice that in your Bible and circle that little word, into them. Breath came into them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes. That's his responsibility. What is your responsibility? Notice it in the text. You got to receive. How do you receive? Faith. So yes, the Lord has a destiny for you guys. Yes, the Lord has a mission for you. Great potential. Praise the Lord. But how will you work for God? In the flesh? No, no, no. By the supply of the Spirit. So notice what I want to say for you here. Here in the upper room, we're hidden. And we received even something so hidden, so mystical, so intangible breath. Come here, my Peter. Peter's like, did you brush your teeth? What is this? Invisible inexplainable, mystical. In Genesis, God breathed into man the breath of life. And the man stood up and became manifested because of a secret inbreathing. It appears like there's a lot of secret things. Then it becomes very manifested. So here again, There's a bunch of dead people in front of Jesus. Illiterate, fishermen, tax collectors, zealots. And he breathes out of him something of the heavens. The Spirit of God. They can't see. It's just breath. But saints, he says to them, receive this. Take it. So they take something so secret so personal, so non-tangible. And this is the Holy Spirit. You are going to mission for God. Go, partner, work. But He's going to supply you first with an internal identity, a homecoming, an essential substantiative realization so that from this capacity I manifest. Are you with me?
I guess I'm trying really hard to use as many words as I possibly can, and at times I even make some up, to try to describe to you what will have to happen in the secret place. Again, we must have a legitimate, authentic, real encounter with God in the secret place if you and I are to have a legitimate, authentic, genuine, real testimony of God out there in the world. If you and I cannot be comfortable in the secret place with God, we are not going to be confident in the public arena. We're going to have to fake it. We're going to have to play the make-pretend game and act our way through all sorts of religious formalisms to, to, to give the impression that we are good with God. As we are in secret, so we will be in public. From the account in John 20, we see that it's in the secret place where Jesus spoke peace to his disciples. You and I often want the peace of God externally, circumstantially. We want things to come harmoniously together for us in our surroundings. But it's in that secret place where Jesus gave twice his peace to the disciples. Unless you can learn to be comfortable and relaxed and even a pursuant of the secret life with God, you may never quite know the real peace that only God can give you. See, peace is not a circumstance or the absence of turmoil. Peace is just the presence of the person of Jesus Christ. And in the John 20 account, he appeared to them in secret and gave them this shalom. It's also there in that secret place where he showed them his hands and his feet and his side, the scars, the marks of the cross, and the redemption that took place. It's in that secret place where Christ ministered his accomplishments to them. And many of us, we want God to teach us out there in public and we are thankful for all of the many voices who teaches us the things of Jesus Christ and the accomplishments of Jesus. But I want to tell you, in that secret place, the Lord himself showed them what he accomplished. He himself was the proof of his work. And he himself was the proof of the resurrection. And it's also there in that secret place that they rejoiced. Again, you and I only rejoice when circumstantially things add up for us. But it's in that secret place where they heard him and they saw him and they rejoiced. It's only from the Lord of joy that you and I can really get joy. And again, it was in the secret place. It's also in that secret place where the Lord breathed into them the Holy Spirit. It's also in that secret place where the Lord commissioned them and told them, Hey, like my father sent me, I am going to send you. All of those things were secured in the secret place. Beloved, spiritual men and spiritual women 
have a life of influence in this world. They live out the manifestation of the kingdom of God, but they live it out in proportion to the reality of their secret life in God. Can I encourage you to again pursue silence before God, pursue solitude before God, and pursue the secret place with God? Can I ask you to consider putting down the book, put down the headphones, put down the noise, even put down your own anxious prayer life and just become still, quiet, just receptive before God. Just come into that secret place and let Jesus speak to you and let him give you his peace and let him impart his spirit to you. Because to him who has, more will be given. And there's certain things that you cannot get from God unless you get it in the secret place. Beloved, pursue that devotional life of the worship of God, especially in the secret place. <music>